for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 356 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And Will's in person. We're Sitting recording. right across from Halls. We're recording for the first time in person in over a year. Over a year. Yeah, man. So, I cannot stop fucking with this. Dude, you, got, fuck. you gotta get it comfortable. Fucking with this mic stand. Oh, buddy. So, first off, sorry... We took last week off. I needed a break. I got a bunch of shit going on. Uh, so we didn't do one last week, and there wasn't anything to talk about anyway. I'm going to light this candle. It's going to get real pleasant. Mm. Off the ambiance? Yeah. It's off the chain at the moment. The ambiance candle? Oh. Are you kidding me? I like. She. There we go. So, um, yeah, we didn't do one last week, but we're back this weekend in person. We are. And guess what? Eh, still not much to talk about. <laughs> still not a whole lot to talk about, my dude. We can talk about what we just did. Yes, we'll definitely do that. Um, so, listen guys, follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And if you really enjoy the show and want to support us for as little as $3 a month, you can do that at patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Uh, we just put up a brand new episode of Hall's Calls. With me and our buddy Steele talking about um, the finale of Obi-Wan a little belatedly. But there's some real good on-set stories from our buddy Steele. Oh, you can't miss those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the true behind-the-scenes magic. That's the good stuff right there. Fuck a making of the saga from, from Star Wars to Jedi. Nah, man. I want the dirty details from Steele. Yeah. Yeah, the dirty details. Like, oh, ch check this out. little little spoiler warning for that episode so i guess he's been getting extra work since the star wars gig okay and he had to turn down a role on night court really i guess they're bringing night court back and oh. he was going to be a bailiff but he was out of the country so he couldn't take the job man that's cool mm -hmm. i like night court i used to watch that all the time nick at night i guess it's coming back baby mm, everything seems to come back sooner so, or later yeah just waiting on lost any day now 
any day now. There'll be a whole ship of people marooned on that island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll bring COVID to that. That's the, that's the plot. There's no smoke monster. It's just a fucking cruise ship. A COVID-stricken cruise ship washes up on the island, and Hurley's like, shit, man. It'll be like on one of the streaming services, so they can say shit and stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe right. show a boob or two. Peacock. If you're lucky. Yeah. Um, so, Will and I are, have been hanging out today. We went and got sushi. It was real good. It was real good. We had a bottle of hot sake. We did. I well, was like, I don't think I need sake. And I was like, we could get a little one. And I was like, I do like warm sake. So, oh. we got the little bottle of warm sake. It was a good time. It was good. Um, man, Sushi Village does that shit up right, my dude. Did. I love that place. Yes, sir. I was very happy. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to see the neighborhood that you haven't gotten to see much lately. I got lately, to like, see the new and improved Irondale. Yeah, man, with the fucking Amazon Logistics Center. And Amazon Logistics Center, the, big time. The Poor Edge Theater, which oh. is now like the, hey man, please come see a movie here. Every every showing, every seat, every day, five ninety nine. Five ninety. It's basically the dollar theater of our current era, which is yeah. now the $6 theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man. That's where I went to see... Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Was it good? Yeah. I In mean, the theater, look, I mean? Yeah. Like, see, this is the thing. I really wanted to see Sonic the Hedgehog 2. That's not a movie that requires me to go into, like, the fancy fucking AMC with the heated seats and mm-hmm. the reserved seating. I'll pay $6 and be just fine watching it there. Did, does it have stadium seating? Yeah. Because that was the big new improvement in my era. Me too. Because I, I grew up in just the, the flat ass. Flat or just a mild slope. Right. You know, just, just a mild slope. Mostly mm-hmm. flat, you know. Yep. And I remember the first time I went to a stadium seating theater and I was like, what, what the is, fuck is this? I can see all of the screen. <laughs> There's no fucking dickhead's head in my way. Right. It was It was wonderful. Yeah, man. I think I probably saw more movies in a flat movie theater than in a stadium because that's my entire childhood. That's right. And then eventually, like, Columbus never had, uh, for the longest time, all they had were old school theaters. So I'd drive to Starkville to see movies. Right. Because they had the nice theater, the quote unquote nice theater. Right. Quote unquote. Just meant stadium seating and not sticky floors. Yeah. Did you ever go to the old theater in Starkville? Where was it? Uh, do you know? remember the Burger King that looked like a log cabin? Yes. It was over near there. I did. Behind there, yeah. It was a flat theater. The last time I went to see a movie there was in 2001. Uh, I was a freshman in college. I went to see Jay and Silent Bob strike back there. And the AC system leaked on me the whole time. Oh, no. And this was after the quote-unquote nice theater. Well after it had been built. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's not what that is now. I think it's like luxury condos or something. Who knows? And that that log cabin Burger King, that's a special place in time. Like Is it still there? No, I don't know if it is, but like I don't even know if they make, you know, no. I don't even know if any of those survived. I've only ever seen one log cabin Burger King and it was in Starkville. And there was an amazing McDonald's in Decatur, Mississippi. Do you know that it had like memorabilia lunch boxes. Yes. And like it had all the crazy stuff and set like out glass there. cases. Yes. That's how one of my parents' McDonald's was. Really? It had a bunch of old school uh, McDonald's stuff in it and trains. Like yeah. little train yeah. models. Little model trains, yeah. 
Maybe that's why I've always wanted like a glass display case. I might have just unlocked something. We just unlocked a core memory. Huh. It's interesting because I don't know if that one in Decatur still exists. I hope so because it was cool. I, I used to <laughs> love going to that McDonald's just because. It was different. It was cool inside. Yeah. Yeah, now they all look the same. Yeah. But around here on Irondale is real nice. The new VA, like there's new stuff going up all around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff you haven't seen. Yeah. The Amazon. Area. Amazon moved in and it was like, uh oh, stuff about to change. They mm-hmm. co- they closed down the Olive Garden. Where you here? Your family? <laughs> Where's your, where you where are you supposed to hang out with your family and have a salad and breadsticks? Where am I supposed to get my family and salad breadstick fix? Who knows? Even more dark times. Wherever wherever I get your dad that recipe for Olive Garden dressing, that's where I'm gonna tell you, bro. You're gonna go with me here in a little bit to pick up a car. I'm gonna hear about and it, and I guarantee. If you, you have a note card, I'm gonna jot it down just so I don't. Have to uh, hear about I'm it. telling you right now, I guarantee you. The first thing my dad is gonna say to you is, "Did you ever get me that recipe for the Olive Garden dressing?" That will be his opening statement. And then, you know what? The minute you get my dad that recipe, I don't know what he's going to talk to you about. I want to know, because for the last 10 years, <laughs> like that's been our, our running joke. Yep. Um, so With your Uncle Dennis, we like to talk about the villages in Florida. He is fucking fascinated with that place for I some know. reason. He knows a lot about it. He sure does. I think that's his ultimate goal. I don't blame he him. He moved down there. Fucking swing it up in his his golden years. Hey, man. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever, man. That's what those golden years are for. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we do have a little bit of Star Wars stuff to talk about. Not anything oh, huge. Man, that's way better than none. Yeah. I mean, I guess on who you talk to, it might be considered none. I mean, it's, it's lean times right now. Obi-Wan ended celebration is over i mean we're just killing time until august 30th when andor starts at this point that's gonna be hot when that starts you know what i did want to talk about fucking luke cruiser dude what about from the bad motivators yeah so the listeners will know right yeah uh you know he killed me in halo he betrayed me in halo they know the story that was a saga it was it was like an arc yeah and so, like, I was like, all right, man, you're going to learn your lesson. He'd be talking, hey, you want to play something? I'd be like, I don't know, man. You're going to kill me in Halo? I'm just joking. But last night, we were playing uh, Fall Guys with him and Corey, right? He's having a good time. Right. And out of nowhere, this dude starts telling us about his friends that are identical twins that gave each other dick tattoos. The story is that. Everyone in the family has a dick well, tattoo. Well, no, every man in the family right. has a dick tattoo. It's yeah. like a tradition. Anybody with a dick has a tattoo on their dick. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, on the base, you know, like it's not on the game pad. It's on the tip of the joystick. You know I, what I mean? And that's the part that I couldn't get over. We're talking like Bro. everyone's got one on the tippy top. On the tip. And then it unlocked a core memory for me that I hadn't thought about in Ever, So, I used to go to this tattoo shop in West Point, Mississippi. It's where I've gotten the majority of my tattoos. Done. Right. Uh, guy's named Robbie. He's uh-huh. really good. He is aggressively German. He's really <laughs> nice. But, like, I had an appointment there, and I can't even remember. I was probably working on my Star Wars leg at the time. 
I had an appointment, so I showed up a little early just to bullshit with his wife and him. And he was in the middle of an appointment, so I was just sitting in the lobby waiting for him to wrap that up. Right. And their lobby is huge, dude. Like, the lobby to this tattoo shop is probably bigger than my house that I'm in right now. It's huge. Oh, my goodness. You know, all the flash artwork over the walls. And then up against one wall, there were these giant reptile cages, like eight feet tall, probably. And in one cage, there was a giant-ass snake, like the kind of snake that, like, you wouldn't want a toddler around. You know what I mean? Like a giant constrictor. Yes. Big old fucking Jurassic Park ass snake, right? Whoa. And then in the other one, there was a giant ass iguana, right? Huge. Like, the biggest iguana I've ever seen. Might even be able to classify it as an iguanodon. Iguanodon. (laughs) You know, and like, (laughs) when you have a big ass iguana like that in a big ass cage, there's always like a giant piece of driftwood or whatever. and like Something in there for him to perch on. Yeah, and he's just like sitting there, like just chilling. And you're kind of like, is that iguana stuffed? But then like, you know, you see him move his eyes or something. And I'm sitting there and I'm just waiting for my turn to get my tattoo. And I'm just, you know me, I think animals are cool. So I'm just sitting there looking at this iguana. And the iguana's looking at me. We're making eye contact. And then just out of nowhere, no warning, this iguana dropped a massive liquid shit in its cage. Like, it was immediately a disaster place. Like, it, it, it was brutal. And made eye contact with me the whole time. Like, just looked me in its eyes while it emptied its soul out of its body. He was looking at you like, hey, hey. <laughs> you want to see something cool? I'm not stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, and I just remember, like, looking at Robbie's wife and being like, is that normal? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll have to clean that out. And I was like, yeah, you might want to because that's a lot. That was a whole lot. Uh, are you okay? <laughs> is, is he Okay. That's what flies do to you, I guess. Crickets and or whatever you feed an whatever iguana. Whatever the fuck you feed an iguana, my dude. I used to know. I used to have uh, had this roommate named Bear, and his lady had, I believe, a horned lizard, some kind of lizard. I remember that lizard. And she fed it veggies, you know, like lettuce. And yeah. I think carrot or sweet potato or something, and crickets too, maybe, or worms or something. Some like that. sort of protein. Yeah. That was cool, feeding the little lizard. Yeah, had its heat rock, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then somehow, I don't know why, Luke Cruiser was fucking on one, as the kids would say last night. Like, because immediately I was like, hey, man, I don't know, like, how interested I am in, in the story of the incestuous dick tattoos between two twin brothers. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, peace and love. I'm sure they're great guys. Like, you, they're clearly good friends of yours. Like, that's the crowd you roll in. Hey, man, I ain't, I ain't here to judge, you know? I've had that my share of fucking scallywags in my my friend group, <laughs> you know? Like, a fucking scurvy ass having scallywags yeah. swabbing the poop deck, you know what I mean? Yep. So I wasn't going to judge. And then, he like, I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I'm trying to change the subject. I'm like, oh, I hate this course in Fall Guys. And he goes, yeah, they were the kind of guys who, just to fuck with you, would flash you their dick. And I go, oh, yes, I believe the term for that is a sexual predator, (laughs) sir. I believe what you're talking about is a sexual predator. And he was like, you've never had a friend flash you their dick? And I was like, no, that's not the kind of friend group I roll with. (laughs) And then somehow he thought it would be wise. He thought he he was going to get me in a fucking gotcha moment. Uh And he said, well, what if I flashed you my dick? And I said, oh, no, sir. I said, if you fucking flash me your dick... 
it's over, sir. I'm immediately drafting a tweet, like a tweet thread, one of those ones where it's like, over the next one out of one slash 37 tweets, I will detail what Luke Cruiser of the Bad Motivators podcast did to me. And then I fucking get on the phone, like call our buddy Chris Hall, the artist, long distance, and get him to do a police sketch of his dick. And buddy... It would, it would be on. I'd turn that shit into Blue Harvest merchandise, limited you, edition prints. Would you put a little tattoo on the head? Yeah, and it would be his face. <laughs> so everybody knew the exact person I was talking about. You know what I mean? And then, like, talk, telling Luke, like, yeah, and you know, uh, you know I'm going to be able to sell that merch. People are going to be wearing that shirt at Celebration. Fucking on the celebration stage, getting uh, interviewed by Andy Gutierrez and <laughs> Anthony Carboni, and Anthony Carboni's like, "So, uh, what's uh, what's that on your shirt?" <laughs> Mega Cruiser dick. I it's call. Luke Cruiser's dick. Oh no! He flashed it to a, a C tier Star Wars podcaster, and he turned it into merch. <laughs> Don't fuck with me, Luke Cruiser. I'd buy one of those t-shirts. You think it's funny to poke the big fucking depressed bear right now? You wait until that dick merch hits the hits the streets. Show me. You won't be able to show your face. Galaxy's Edge? Nah, man. You cross the threshold of Galaxy's Edge and a dude dressed up like Mickey Mouse is going to come out with a sketch of your dick and be like, sir, I need to check your dick. You've been identified <laughs> from our list. You're not coming in. You're not coming into Galaxy's Edge. You better go to the fucking world of tomorrow, sir. <laughs> Epcot. Don't test me, Luke Cruiser. You killed me in Halo, and now you're talking about showing me your dick piece? Mm-mm. No, sir. No way. The The kill in Halo was a good one. He had you lined up. He didn't realize it was you in the... No, but see, the thing is, is it took intention. Because the weapon he used, the Spartan laser, yeah. is not a like a quick-fire weapon. It has yeah, to you charge. charge the shot. He was painting the target that was me for yeah, a second. There. He was. He didn't realize nope. your name was on it. And there it goes. Boom. Boom. Betrayal. It was glorious. I watched it happen, just like right yeah. in front of me. I still have the clip saved on my <laughs> Xbox, just in case. I said, don't push me, because I'm close <laughs> to the edge. I'll release it. It'll be like the Zabruder film getting released. Back oh into the goodness. left, motherfucker. My goodness. The convener council. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to get witnesses. We'll have to get, like, you know, the other kids that were in that Halo group. Like, that match, we'll track them down by their screen name and do witness <laughs> testimony. Oh, man. Little short guy, 49, XX. <laughs> yeah. Did you say, did you witness... The betrayal the of betrayal? the Red Eye Jedi 23 in the game Halo 5. I forgot that was Halo 5. That was, was when we were ramping up for Halo Infinite. Yep, it was a uh, it was um, big team battle on Halo 5. That's and Hawes got me this amazing Spartan, the Samurai yeah. Spartan from we Halo did our, Infinite. Uh, we did, we our... did our belated Christmas gift exchange since we haven't seen each other from since Christmas. That's right. I got Will a Dungeons and Dragons cookbook. Like, that's right. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, the, the the combination of two things of that nature. What a combination. Yeah, right. I cannot tell you how happy I am to flip through those pages and make something out of that book with all the references to Dungeons and Dragons. Honey like, roasted locusts and shit. The two things. Two things in my world that I love more. You know, could not collide in a different way. Other than cooking and Dungeons and Dragons. 
Which is funny because one of the Christmases before you got me the Dungeons and Dragons and Rick and Morty set. Mm-hmm. Again, two things that I love. Yep. Smashed together. I love a fucking crossover like that. Smooth. A, a well done crossover like that. Shit. Sign me up. I love Rick and Morty. Me too, man. You know, this last season was great, but there was something magical about the season before. Oh, it's because it's got that dragon episode, the slut dragons. Yeah. We like to suck fuck and eat butt. <laughs> That's a good episode. The soul tease. Um, so, you know, like one of the things we've been talking about lately is uh, all the Taika Waititi stuff with him and his Star Wars movie. And then Kathleen Kennedy was like, yeah, his movie's the next one up. And they were like, Oh, really? <laughs> Is that the one that you guys are coming out in 2023? And she was like, mm, yeah, let's, let's say that. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Late 2023. And then, like, Taika Watiti came out in an interview and was like, I ain't even done writing this shit, dude. I'm still trying to crack crack the code on this. You ever try to write a Star Wars? Bro, you know what you do if you, what happens if you put out a movie that people uh, perceive to be a bad Star Wars? Bro, your next few years suck dick. Like, poor damn-ass Ryan Johnson can post a picture of, like, you know, a beautiful countryside and be like, ah, I'm relaxing. Look at this beautiful scene. And the first fucking comment under it is some fucking internet chat going, Did you, do you remember that you ruined Star Wars? <laughs> so. I will say, he was kind of defiant about that. He went on to make movies anyway that he loved that were fantastic movies like yeah i mean i mean the dude never i mean i'm sure it got him down how could it not but it didn't he didn't let it slow him down i'm glad he didn't let it get him down to terminate a future trilogy because i would really like to see that i know i I know the feelings on everyone's but it but like sorry less jada was you know my favorite of the new trilogy and i would love to see three more oh like my that god dude. by the same guy would love it me too and i hope it does happen like the thing that seems hopeful to me is like for instance okay like when the game of thrones guys were fired they just straight up came like the lucasfilm and the game of thrones guys are like nah we're not doing star wars right yeah yeah uh it's because we got a netflix deal yeah sure sure didn't have anything to do with the fact that you botched the fuck out that of the you last fucking uh, fucking ate ass on the last season of Game of Thrones, right? It had nothing to do with nothing. that, right, guys? The yeah. timing, the timing of it, the timing of the announcement being post season eight of Game of Thrones, nothing to do with that. Though, don't look at the man behind the curtain. Colin Trevorrow's here. He's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, they come out and say it. You know what I mean? When they break ties with someone. They typically come out and say it. They tried to play a little fucking smoke and mirrors with the Gareth Edwards, Tony Gilroy, Rogue One situation. But like everybody knows it's like this weird open secret that everybody in the fucking world knows about. Yeah. To the point now where they're talking about Andor and Tony Gilroy is fucking strutting around like a fucking peacock. And poor Gareth. Nobody mentions Gareth Reynolds. You know what I mean? They're like, nobody's like, hey, man, by the way. Do you know that guy that, like, you had direct that movie and then did all the promotion for the movie? Like, at any point did you guys be like, hey, you want to, like, I don't know, direct an episode of this prequel series? Or, I don't know, come hang out at craft services for a day? (laughs) By God. 
Like, throw the dude a bone. He has not done anything since Rogue One. Really? The dude has his name on a movie that made, like, I don't know, $1.5 billion, and he's not done anything since then. It was the highest grossing of the other non... Um, trilogy Trilog- non, yeah, non yeah well, I mean there's only two there's to only choose two from to choose and from. solo uh shit the bad yeah so RIP rest in pieces RIP that guy F's in chat for solo <laughs> F's in chat for solo uh, and I really want to see all in error I do it again I want that you know, you know what it's going to be it's going to be one of those things like it will happen. I guarantee it. Give it give it five years. Yeah, some it's gonna be one of those things where I don't know, you're sitting down to watch an episode of I don't know what it would even be, Skeleton Crew, season three or four or whatever. And then like you're just like, Oh, this show is cool. Um surely there's not gonna be an original trilogy character show up unannounced and then fucking there's gonna be you're gonna hear a noise like one of those Star Wars doors open and it's gonna be all foggy and shit and who steps through the door but Aaron, Alden Ehrenreich and Jonas Sutamo, the the new the new Chewy guy, and they're and you know what they're they're gonna fucking drop a, a Chewy we're home reference or something something real on the nose uh-huh. and we're all gonna fucking lose our shit and yeah. everybody's gonna be texting each other I can't believe they got Alden back he was so good that's what's gonna happen that's that's what I want to see pray for it that's what I want to see so um, anyways w- this was all a, a, a roundabout way of saying like I feel like if the Ryan Johnson thing was completely off the table like 100% off the table I feel like we would know I feel like they'd be like yeah we're not doing that anymore that or they're doing exactly what we're doing about the next Star Wars movie like Kathleen Kennedy was like yeah, twenty twenty three. But we're gonna tell you it's like yeah, but she twenty four. She was like, um, when she was asked about it during celebration, she was like, "Yeah, we're just waiting for him not to be so busy. He's super busy with the knives out stuff, right?" So now. it's still it's basically TBD. Yeah, look, it like I I I don't even know if that dude has written one, got on his fancy gold plated typewriter and written one sentence of that movie. But they are at least presenting to the public that it's a possibility. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he had to wash it out of his hair for a minute. Yeah. Who wouldn't? You need to get a little space, my yeah. dude. Um, so, anyways, uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, you know, he's been out doing a lot of promotion for uh, the new Thor movie, which I haven't seen. Dying to see that new Thor movie. I want to see it really bad. Um, and he has been asked about Star Wars a few times. And like I said, um, remember when I read that quote a few weeks back where he was like, well, we want to make sure it's different because it's, if it's, everything is just connected to what you've seen in Star Wars before, then it can't really move forward. Right. Something to that effect. Yeah. And then there was the quote I was talking about where he was like, I'm still writing it. Like we need to calm the fuck down here, fella. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then he did an interview with Rolling Stone. Um, uh, and there was this interesting quote where uh, they said, in either case, the fact is the modern history of Star Wars is littered with abandoned projects. Lucasfilm CEO Kathleen Kennedy doesn't hesitate, hesitate to jettison movie ideas that don't seem to be working. How do you deal with that knowledge as you start to work on this? And he said, Taika Waititi, 
might happen to me. And I think of Taika 10 years ago would be so panicked and nervous at the prospect of that. But if it's not right, it's not right. If it's not ready, it's not ready. With Star Wars, I don't want to rush. It's something I wouldn't want to just leap into and not feel that it's unique. It's my film and makes sense because that would be a disaster. I'm writing at the moment, so I'm going to do my best to come up with an idea that everyone loves. Um, and then, this is, a, this is the quote that's been making the rounds. Because, um, you know, he worked with Natalie Portman on the new Thor movie. And he said, Natalie said to me, what do you do next? And I said, I'm trying to work on a Star Wars thing. Have you ever wanted to be in a Star Wars movie? And she said, I've been in Star Wars movies. I, for- I forgot about those ones, is what Taika Waititi said. He forgot that, that Natalie Portman was in a Star Wars movie. Three of them. Yeah, right. Was Padme Amidala. Yeah. Like, one of the main characters. That's a big thing to forget. Mm-hmm. But in his defense, a long time ago for her. Yeah, for sure. Real long time ago. Yeah. Um, so like, it's, it's cool to see them, you know, addressing it. At least we're getting a little something about whatever this fucking next Star Wars movie is. Cause I'll be honest, like whether it's at the nice AMC theater or the budget five ninety nine movie theater down the street from me, fucking, I want to go to a theater to see a Star Wars, my dude. Right. That's what I want to do. <clears throat> um, so I saw Lightyear and I told you I saw Lightyear in the theater. Did you? Uh, you didn't tell me that when I was on vacation. I saw How was Lightyear. it? It was good. Yeah, really good. I thought it was great. It uh, made me want to see a Star Wars. Seeing a space, a sci-fi space movie, was really cool. The plot was more complicated. Not complicated. It didn't make it complicated, but if you want to think about it, it was complex. It, it a, a major chunk of the plot revolves around time dilation. And as you get closer to the speed of light, how much time slows down for the rest of the world comparatively. Right. Um, and that's that's a big leap for a kid's movie. But cool as shit, the way they pull it off and execute it. Really really good and really well done. That's cool. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's one of those, like, I'm going to watch that when it comes on Disney+. Plus. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, it was a rainy day at the beach. And I was like, you know, one of the things my family did at the beach on a rainy day, we'd go see a movie. Hell know? yeah, man. So we did that and we went and saw like year with the kids. Yeah, I, I didn't uh, I forgot I forgot you weren't on the episode before last week cuz you were at the beach. How was the beach? I already know we talk all the time. It was good. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh the you know, the sand was warm, the sun was hot. We did a cool stuff. We went out on a pontoon boat, you know, rented a pontoon boat for nice. a day and went out and pontoon boats, man. That's pull, the thing down here, pontoon boats. Pulled up to one of the restaurants that has dock you know, doctor oh, yeah, restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I've done that before. It's cool. Makes you feel a little fancy, right? Makes you feel kinda, cool. Kind of makes you feel like you're uh, in Star Wars somehow. Like you're pulling up in a, a craft yep. that is not a car. Got it's a tie a boat. off at the dock. You know what I mean? You pull yep. up to a dock, you tie off, you go into a fucking establishment to eat. Have a couple of overpriced pina coladas. And then you hit the road. Back on, not even the road, back on the boat. That's it. And it was cool. It was awesome. Um, So then, a few days after that, it was the Hollywood Reporter who came out of with a story about Taika Waititi's um, uh, 
his Star Wars movie, his potential Star Wars movie. And you know what? I'm scrolling through this fucking <laughs> article, and I ain't seeing it because I, I wanted to get the exact quote because otherwise I'd be like, oh, no, they said, oh, it's, uh, it's coming out. <laughs> something it's, like uh, to something the effect I got to tell you, Thor Ragnarok is my favorite of the Thor movies. Which is why I'm so excited to see Love and Thunder is because you know he you know because it's another one of his movies. The, the the fact that he could have his own Star Wars movie and is writing his own Star Wars movie, I'm just super excited because his involvement with both Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. <coughs> the again, the dude knows his Star Wars, right? And he's there with Favreau and Filoni the whole time. Yeah, man. Yeah, and like. Um, like he's already been sort of like part of the Star Wars family. He directed the season finale of the first season of Mandalorian. He was IG eleven. Like, and you know they used the volume on Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh wow! So like, I think that's really fucking cool. By the way, that they came up with the super fancy fucking filmmaking technology to use on the first Star Wars show, and now all kinds of different productions are using it yeah like that to me is the closest thing i've seen to sort of like the innovation that star wars would bring back in the day because when i was a kid like you know and my dad introduced me to star wars like one of his main selling points was like like when this came out there was nothing like this the special effects were incredible and then like you know, when it came time for Uncle George to do the prequels, you know, he sort of like changed the game on the use of CGI and live action and stuff. And you didn't really see that kind of advancement with the sort of first few releases from Disney as far as Star Wars is concerned. Like, they were good. I enjoy them. But they were very like Disney blockbuster movies. Lots of CG. Like, you know. They were blockbuster movie events. Yeah. And like... The cool thing, and, like, I know people are a little spicy with J.J. still if they didn't like that third movie, but, like, you also need to keep in mind that he's the one that pushed for, like, the marriage, right, of the CG and the practical stuff, which is, like, to me, sort of the sweet spot. Like, he found a sweet spot between those two. I was going to say, all of the visual effects technology in the new trilogy, you cannot argue with. The camera work, the special effects, cinematography, like... All of it is produced to the nines, you know, is fantastic. So, anyways, they basically, um, it was part of this, like, newsletter that the Hollywood Reporter put out, right? And it's one of these things where it's just sort of, like, different, smaller bits of information, you know what I mean? So, it's not something that they could necessarily turn into a big get a bunch of clicks articles it's just full of different things and regarding taika star wars project it says taika star wars project may be coming way sooner than some of his interviews let on multiple sources tell us that the project is eyeing an early 2023 start really that's bro that's like five months from now five six months from now if he, uh, that means maybe he's, he's playing, playing it sly. It. Maybe you know he's playing I mean? it super sly. Yeah. Maybe it's already halfway in the bag, and he's like, "I'm still writing it." What are you guys talking about? Well, they haven't been shooting it. Like, there's no. They definitely haven't been making that movie, you know, because he's been wrapping up at with Thor. Um, 
So, okay, is it logistically possible, right? Because the next Star Wars movie that is, as of right now, on the schedule is December of 2023, December of next year, 18 months or so away, right? Is it logistically possible for them to start shooting that movie? Like if they started January 2nd or something shooting this movie, you know, you're talking, what, four to six months of shooting on a Star Wars movie? Is that how long it takes? I think, bro, I don't know. Like I know like Kenobi took five or six months or something, but that's 12 or 12, six episodes of TV, right? Like, can, is it possible that they can start shooting this movie early next year and it come out in December? Like, I guess. Because if it doesn't, if it doesn't come out next December, the next scheduled Star Wars movie after that is December 2025. Because Star Wars and, and fucking Avatar are going to be like alternating release years for the next fucking decade or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, Avatar 2 comes out this December. 3 would come out in 2024. Yeah. And then so on and so forth. Early 2023 means they would have to start in the last half of this year. Right? No, not for it to be... That's when they're going to start. Start. The rumors, oh. is, the rumors are that that's the start That day. makes way more sense. Early 2023. Yeah, like, you I, you were looking at me like I was speaking I was like, botchy. I, I was like, how can they make a mo- produce and be out by 2020, uh, early 2023? If he gets a translator, make sure it's one that speaks botchy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's um, that's sort of the update on the Taika stuff. I don't know, man. Would it be 2025 if they started in 2023? That would be an awfully long production. Okay. Like, that's how it used to be. You know what I mean? Like, they'd start shooting Attack of Clones in, like, 2000, late 2000. That shit wouldn't be out to 2002. It goes a lot faster now. A lot faster. Especially with the volume, I imagine. Yeah. And you have to imagine that the next Star Wars movie is going to use the volume. Which maybe that helps. Maybe that makes the production of it a lot quicker and they can get it out by December of next year. I mean, if you think about it, the less time you have to spend making big sets in big locations, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to travel anywhere for these big shots. You could digitally put them in. You don't have to go to Tunisia or... Right. And see, that's the thing. Like, So I know that Thor Love and Thunder used the volume. I want to say the newest Batman movie did too. And if that is the case, I have seen a, a theatrical movie that used it. Cause like that was sort of my interest. It's like, how does the volume look in a super high budget, you know, fucking Marvel summer blockbuster release. Right. But I'm pretty sure it was used on the Batman as well. That's a good movie too. It is a good movie. I watched that several times. The first time was so intense, I had to watch it a second time. Um, there was another thing I was going to bring up before we go. We move on, and I can't... Aha! Here it is. Fucking Tony Gilroy. Um, the guy who is sort of show-running. Uh, fucking the Andor, Andor series. Who came in and did all the reshoots for Rogue One, right? Right. 
Um, and so, you know, we knew that this show was going to cover uh, the five years leading up to Rogue One. The first season covers an entire year. And the second season is going to cover the rest of that time and lead directly into Rogue One, right? Right. <clears throat> Which seems like a... Um, uh, seems like a ambitious schedule for that second season to cover four years. And he kind of talked about that, and I thought this was interesting. He said, uh, the scale of the so show is so huge. We've brought that up several times, talking about like the trailer and the behind-the-scenes thing. Uh -huh. Directors work in blocks of three episodes, so we did four blocks in season one of three episodes each. We looked and said, well, it'd be really interesting if we come back and we use each block to represent a year. We'll move a year closer with each block. So the way season um, four is going to work, or season two is going to work, is like each block of episodes is going to be a year. So like three, yeah, probably like three, if it's another 12 episode series, three three episodes will cover a year of the remaining four episodes. That's right. kind of an interesting take on that. It is. That is going to be like, has there ever been a single season or movie of star Wars content that's covered that much time in one year or in one, in one go rather like, I don't think so. I can't think of one either, man. Like, and it's interesting it's, because you know, his final story. I wonder how much foreshadowing is going to be throughout. Mm hmm the years well you know they definitely talked about in the um interviews and stuff uh during celebration about how like the cassian you meet at the beginning of andor is not the heroic sacrifice himself for the good of the rebellion dude that he is at the end of rogue one so i think we're gonna see like a like a you know a different version of that character that over the course of 24 episodes, which is a fucking lot, um, will slowly transform into the dude you meet in Rogue One. If I had to guess. Right. But yeah, that, buddy, that is about it. I'm telling you, struggling out here for Star Wars news. That's the way the news goes. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's the way the news goes. Um... So what we're going to do um, is we are going to uh, take it from our listeners. That's it. We're going to hear from our friends. Buddy, you saved my ass on that. I was sitting here talking about. <laughs> no, talking you about, brought it all uh, the way to me. <laughs> I, uh, we're going to do we're going to do something with the podcast. <laughs> it's going to be a real good time. I promise. I just saw it. you pulling up the emails. Yes, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to find the fucking Gmail app on this <laughs> iPad. It's fun to watch. I wish I could. Uh, I, I bet you this is like if you gave. If, if we live streamed, this would be what YouTube <laughs> they tuned in for. If you, if you gave. If you went to the zoo and you saw an orangutan and you gave him an iPad, this is what it would look like that <laughs> orangutan. What am I doing here? Just scrolling. Saw a video of an orangutan teaching other apes to use tools. It was a little oh, bit yeah? creepy. Like, like a what? Like a spanner wrench or a jackhammer? No, more uh, like just like a, a wedge, stick, like a stick. Ooh, 
that is a little too Planet of the Apes for me. Get right? your get your ass away from me, Doctor <laughs> Zayas. <laughs> Fucking Doctor Zayas, get those monkey paws off me. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. That's that movie, right? Yeah, I thought so. That's Charlton Heston, I believe, laying that one down. Is it? Yep. Back before he t- was talking to invisible people in chairs and shit. You remember that? I don't. No, that's Clint Eastwood. I'm thinking around about the wrong <laughs> dude. Wrong old salty white dude. <laughs> wrong old salty questionable white dude. Huh. Okay, we'll be right back. Uh, we've got, I'm getting the emails and shit going. We'll be back with those. <laughs> Kia D, Kia D, Kia D, Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D, Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D, Cockhead, so stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Ruhurp! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witten! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key and D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All right, guys, you know what to do. If you want to fucking, if you want to want to hear us fucking babble about your topic or question, send it in to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. It can be an email. It can be a voicemail. We enjoy both equally. First up, we got one from our buddy Jim who sent this shit in um, after we had recorded last time when I recorded with Johnny. So, man, he's been waiting to hear this with anticipation. I just keep straight. It's, it's called fucking voicemail edging. Here we go. Oh, no. This is from Jim. All right. Good evening, Halls and Will. I wanted to say that uh, I really was impressed with uh, Leia's uh, performance, the child actress. I thought she killed it. Uh, Really brought forward some of uh, Princess Leia's uh, characteristics, you know, some of her traits. And uh, so that when they chased her down, I think people were complaining about... You know, it should only take five seconds to catch a 10-year-old, but you got to remember that they were trying to, like, corral her. They were trying to, like, they can't grab her by her arm and bruise her or tackle her. They needed to very, very carefully catch her. So just to, (laughs) some people are freaking out about. But uh, anyway, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, we don't really know anything about baby Yoda, you know, Grogu's traits, you know, uh, he's curious, he's hungry, but we don't know what he's going to be like. What do you guys think might be some of the traits he develops? You know, he's, he's a non Jedi, you know, but still a force user. What kind of things do you see him getting into? Uh, I think it'd be great if he was a tinkerer and knew the ins and outs of, uh, you know, systems just like 
he started off, you know, put the red wire where the blue wire, you know, shocking himself. And one day he's a genius with it. But what do you guys think? All right. Ignite the green. Man, that's a good question. You know what? I I think about that whole thing about, oh, why did it take them so long to catch a 10 year old? Because it's a movie. It's a show. That's what they wanted to happen. So that's what happened. That, Stop and, nitpicking shit to that degree. Come on. Well, when when people are running for their life or scared for their life, when your life is on the line, mm-hmm. you're going to be taken, kidnapped, or hostage. Like you, a little ten year old can book it. Like, yeah, I was about to say you're going to hit it with the boot scoop and boogie. Yeah, right. Feel and the they're toe, small, and they're going to run and try to get under things that you can't get under. Like, exactly. They're gonna they're gonna beat it if they know they're squirrely. Them. Yeah, little kids they, are fucking squirrely. If they really know they're about to get hurt or taken or nabbed or something. Um, but I, the thing with Grogu, right, is like he's going to age so slowly. So, like you know, I'm not going to say he doesn't have a personality now. He obviously does. His personality is cute, inquisitive. Hungry, you know what I mean? Protective. Like, protective. And not really sure of how powerful he is. Exactly. Not, he doesn't understand his so, power. I think as he develops, and this is going to be like, they'll probably still be using that fucking character the day I kick the bucket. Now that could be like in two months. It could be in like two years. It could be in like 20 years. Whoever, However long it may be, they're going to be getting all the juice they can get out of Grogu. Grogu is the like... I think it's easy to say he is the biggest, like, viral hit of Star Wars in the Disney era. They knocked that shit out of the park with Grogu. Because everyone has this exact question. What is Grogu going to be like? Exactly. As Star Wars Well, and also, like, he's cute. Like, even people that didn't, weren't into Star Wars would be like, yeah, man, baby Yoda's pretty fucking cute, my dude. And they're invested in him and want to know what he's up to and Mm -hmm. what he does. I think, um, obviously, I don't think it's going to end up being with Luke necessarily, but I do think he will receive some sort of additional training in the Force as he gets older, maybe. Or maybe he'll be kind of self-taught, Ray style, even, you know? And, like, you know, the the voicemail indicated that he wasn't a Jedi. Like, well, not yet. He's still a child, you know. There's lots of time to see where this character goes. I mean, you could see he's already turned down the Jedi path. Yeah. But like, see, that's the thing, right? Like you already had him hang out with Luke for a couple of months and then get sent or then go back to the Mando. Would it make much sense for him to then join up with Luke again later down the road? No, I think they very purposely separated him out of that situation. So he's not going to be there when old Kylo pops off at the Jedi temple, you know? I think he's going to learn from Din Djarin for the rest of Din Djarin's life. Yeah. I I know exactly what you mean when you say that, because I don't think Din Djarin gets out of the Mandalorian alive. I don't either. I think the ultimate end of that character is a sacrificial fucking sacrifice, probably to save Mandalore or Grogu or both. Why not both time. at the same from time? From the same threat. Yeah. And like, I think... Something about that character just makes me think that's the ultimate end. I hope it's like way down the line. I hope we get, you know, a a good bit more with that character. But I do think that's ultimately how the story ends. We'll see. We will see. Who knows? 
Do you think he'll speak in riddles is the big question I have. Uh, yeah, when will we start hearing him? Because I feel like they're making him more vocal. Like, not necessarily talking, but you're getting... I think if you go watch from Mandalorian season one to the book of Boba Fett, he's making a lot more little noises a lot more often. So you know they're going to do the fucking uh, Grogu's first word episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they did with Maggie on The Simpsons. Do you remember that? Maggie's going to say her first word. I don't remember. Fair enough. Um, Let's hear from our buddy, Mr. 100, Kobe. Hey, Haas and Will, it's your boy Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. Uh, how's it hanging? Hopefully clean, of course. I know you're keeping it clean. You know nope. I keep it clean. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed your week off. Hope you guys relaxed a little bit. You deserve it. Um, anyway, it's been a crazy, crazy last couple weeks to a month for your boy. Um, I haven't rode in in a while. Um, I got engaged, bought a house. Oh, shit has been shit. wild. Anyway, enough about me. Um, hope you guys are doing well. My question this week has to do with, um, I went and saw the Thor Love and Thunder movie last night. Okay. And I went with my fiance and we watched it and we got done and she was asking me about it, what I thought about it. And I explained it to her and I, I got, I not going to lie. I wasn't that big of a fan of it. Um, I thought it was fun in parts and I thought all the actors were great and everything like that. It's just the story element of it and kind of how it was executed to me just did not really resonate with me. Um, and it just kind of left me feeling a little bit empty a little bit. Um, I remember I'm explaining this to my fiance and I'm, and she, she's not the biggest, she she hasn't seen half of the Marvel movies. I just kind of take her along to the ones that I want to go to, I guess. And I'm kind of explaining it to her and I'm explaining to her that, the reason why I'm so invested in this one as, you know, usually I just kind of sit back and enjoy a good Marvel movie. But the reason why I was so invested in this one was because of Taika Waititi. And I explained to her how he's getting his own Star Wars trilogy. And I said, my my conundrum is, is that as a Star Wars fan, I really need this next, or I really want this next Star Wars trilogy to be very good and, and good to me and subjectively. Um, I, re- I really want to enjoy it as a Star Wars fan, as we all do. But there's also the added depth of it that, as a Star Wars fan, I also need this next trilogy to do well commercially. I need it to review well. I need people to accept it and take it in because that could affect our future of how we get of what movies and what other products come from the Star Wars uh, come from this franchise. Because if the next trilogy movies don't do well, maybe they kind of shelf that for a while and we don't get a bunch of new movies. And I want as much Star Wars as possible. I am a selfish Star Wars fan, as are most of us. I want to like Star Wars, but I also want more Star Wars. It's a huge conundrum. So I want to know, um, with Taika Waititi getting his own... Bro, what happened? Bro, did I fuck it up? I think I fucked it up. Well, performs well, and it kind of locks in more movies for the future. That's my conundrum. That's my question. Sorry if this went a little long. I tried to shorten this up multiple times. I just couldn't get any shorter than this. Love you guys. Have a good one. Peace out. I missed the crux of the question. So he was like, because Taika Waititi, come on. What is this? It's a huge conundrum. So I want to know, um, with Taika Waititi getting his own uh, trilogy, it kind of made me think. I was like, well, I don't know how I'd feel about it because I know that Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder have both 
are going to and have done very well commercially. Um, I think they review pretty well. Thor 11 Thunder is a little, little bit more wishy-washy. I think there's a lot of more people that didn't like it. Um, but also there's a lot of people that love it so far. Um, Ragnarok is viewed as one of the best Marvel movies in a lot of people's eyes. So I just wanted to know, here's the question. Would you rather have this next trilogy be a trilogy that you really enjoy, but maybe it doesn't review so well and doesn't fare as well at the box office? Or would you rather have a trilogy that you didn't enjoy as much, but it does really well, performs well, and it kind of locks in more movies for the future? That's my conundrum. That's my question. Sorry uh, if this went a little long. I tried to shorten this up multiple times. I just couldn't get any shorter than this. Love you guys. Have a good one. Peace out. Man, that's a fucked up question. I'm building this tiny little Gundam model that Will got me the whole time. He's talking. That's a fucked up question. I don't think you have to sacrifice one for the other. Yeah, you don't. That's my he's, he's, and I hate. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to overrule the question or anything, but I said I think it can be. I think it can be a satisfying Star Wars story that also does incredibly well at the box office. You know, because yeah. I think stories that are well done and well executed will do well at the box office it doesn't have to be an event if it is you know because it is a star wars movie it will carry the weight of an event on itself Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be produced towards that aim and plus also by the time it comes out whenever it may be it's going to be the first one in a little while like is is it going to be a gap as much as in between the original trilogy and the prequels no is it going to be as much of a gap as in between the prequels and the sequel trilogy no but there's gonna be a several year gap it's already we're already coming up on three years since the last star wars movie right so that alone i think is gonna generate a certain amount of return at the box office right just the general holy shit star wars is back in the theater even the snobs will come out for the first one and be like, oh, let's see where Star Wars is at now. Well, yeah. I and mean, they got the first one. They got to do that so they can make their fucking hateful ass YouTube videos. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, personally, like, at the end of the day, I kind of just want it to be a Star Wars I love, right? So, if the two options are. It's one that I absolutely love, but maybe doesn't do as good at the box office or one that I like a little less. Uh, you know, honestly, though, like it might be better to take one for the team and have the box office. Like success. as long as I like it, you know what I mean? I, mean, I can't imagine. That's the thing. Like, I can't imagine it being a huge success at the box office and me being like, meh, not I don't really like it. Like, uh, I'm sure that's happened with movies not Star Wars related. Plenty that I can think of were that were like real successful, and I was like, "Yeah, not for me." I don't know what though. Spider Man Three for me. Spider Man Three made a lot of fucking money, didn't it? It sure did. And I was like, Mm-mm. "No, no, thank you." I looked over at Will during that movie, and he was clinching his fists. I he was said, pissed. He said, "I was just pissed." Dancing Peter Parker. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm even a fan of dancing myself, but like, yeah, we'll fucking cut a rug. Emo dancing Peter Parker. Ugh, get me out of here. And the Sandman villain that's not really a villain. Ugh. Yeah, that's kind of the Kane Marco thing, though. You I mean, know I mean? know, but it was just wasted. His his include you. It could have been Spider Man versus Venom. 
that yeah. whole movie. There was no reason to have the Sandman in I'll that. be completely honest with you. Like, to me, the biggest sin of that movie is being too sloppy. Like, it's a sloppy-ass movie. Yeah. Like, I like some parts. I'm sitting here building this Gundam model, not talking Falling into the off mic. The mic. Uh, I like some parts of Spider-Man 3. I totally recognize that it is by by a large margin. Large marge. Large Marge. Uh, a large margin. It is the worst of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. <gasps> Bruh. The ambiance. I fucked up the candle ambiance. Almost poured hot wax everywhere. I'm clumsy. Um, what was I talking about before that happened? Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3. Let's move on. I don't need to talk <laughs> about Spider-Man 3. Nobody What's... needs to talk anymore <laughs> about Spider-Man 3. All right. Next up, we got a email from Neil. Or voicemail. Let's hear what Neil has to say. Hey, Austin. Well, it's uh, Neil giving me a call from Chicago. Coming uh, in. So I've been giving a lot of thought to Jedi Survivor, uh, especially uh, with how well uh, I think a Jedi Fallen Order was received. I think there's a lot of uh, potential um, to really have this game be something special. Uh, it's only on next gen consoles, so with that, you know, lightning fast SSD, uh, you really could have a massive game with a lot of depth and have it be very seamless. Uh, but one of the things I was thinking about was, so the original game takes place uh, five years after the fall of the Jedi Order. Uh, the sequel takes place five years after that, which uh, would line up nicely with the period of time we just explored with Obi-Wan Kenobi. So hear me out. I think this would be really cool if somehow they snuck in people like onto the set of Obi-Wan to have him record lines uh, for the game, and he has a small like cameo role as either as quest giver or something Cal Kestis has to do, takes him to Tatooine, and somehow he runs into Obi-Wan. Um, what do you guys think the reality of this happening is? Uh, in any case, I uh, appreciate all the podcasts, and hope you guys are having a fantastic week. May the Force be with you. So, I... I'll be honest with you, Neil. Like, peace and love. This gives me flashbacks to the Force Unleashed 2, right? The reason this gives me flashbacks to Force Unleashed 2, because Force Unleashed comes out as a really good game. Like, I realize how edgelordy it is as far as, like, a, a piece of Star Wars story, but it's a really good fucking game. And, and like, it had been a while since we had a really good Star Wars game at that point. And, buddy, I was all about it. You know, Will. I you did. were there when I was fucking obsessed with The Force Unleashed. I myself was obsessed as well. <laughs> then The Force Unleashed 2 comes out, and it is a letdown. Partially because what they did was fall into that trap of, oh, we gotta work in some fucking cameos. And Boba Fett was in it. Like, you're talking to the Boba Fett guy, and I'm like, ah, I don't know if Boba Fett was necessary to that story. Yoda was in it for a half second. For some reason, he goes to Dagobah on like a pit stop. And talks to fucking Yoda. So I would probably, in all honesty, prefer that they avoid going that route, right? Like if they have a really good story reason for Cal and Obi-Wan to meet, then yeah, by far, let that happen, right? For sure, let that happen. I just don't want them to fall into that like... We got to work in cameos because then like... Because they're both in the galaxy and alive at the same time. Right, they right. should meet. Right. The galaxy is a huge place. Like, we got a galaxy. To me, like the cameos and the character appearances in 
uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the first one, made a lot of sense. Like, you run into Saw Gerrera, and he's working on trying to liberate Kashyyyk from the Wookiees. So who else do you run into? Old-ass General Tarful, baby. You know, that kind of makes sense to me. Like, You're all, especially tied to Kashyyyk and rebel fighters, like, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, but then this is the other thing. I know that if I was sitting on my couch playing Jedi Survivor, you know, completely unspoiled, because I'm telling you right now, like, if there's a big a spoiler or a big cameo in that game like that, I will have it spoiled for me. I cannot get, like, some of these motherfuckers get these games and play them early or like, all night the day before and get to the part where the cameo shows up and immediately ruin it on social media. No hate on GameStop employees or managers, but they used to, back in the day, they would play the game before anybody else could because they would get it or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they would be like all smug in the shop being like, yep. oh, wait till you get to level. You know, yeah, so they so. would. Okay, I get it, man. You fucking sneaky linked a fucking copy to your house this past weekend and you played it for me don't rub it in my fucking face they man. did that with call of duty i write your paychecks you know how many fucking used games i come in here and buy todd <laughs> give me five todd. bucks for this game i paid i bought this game i bought this game brand new last week i come in to trade it and you tell me you're gonna give me three dollars <laughs> todd and i'm man. a fucking gamestop rewards member They'll spoil it in a second. Yeah. Yeah. It gets spoiled immediately. I haven't been into a GameStop since since the release of the new consoles. The last time I went to GameStop was when I picked up my uh, Series X. That's true. Um, I needed a controller one time I went up there and asked them if there were any perks for owning stock. And they're like, I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) Hopefully. Back when when the meme stock was Game going stonks, on, yeah. Game stonks, man, 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 man. Game stonks. You know these little, these tiny little fucking Gundam models. They do not like to give you instructions. Oh, They're really? like, just figure it out, motherfucker. <laughs> That's part of the fun. Yeah, part of the fun is figuring oh. it out. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to have him hold his shield. He can't. His, the shield's got to go on his back. Oh. Fancy. <laughs> I'm glad you like this. Bro, I think they're fucking rad. I saw them and I was like, yeah. These tiny little fucking Gundam models, my dude. Yeah. They are tight. Oh, my God. Cheese and rice. You know who, like... So, maybe this would make even less sense given the context of the characters and everything and what we saw of them in Rebels, but... I kind of think it would be neater if uh, Cal ran into, like, Kanan and Hera. Like, maybe right before. Um, I agree, actually. The start of Rebels. But see, the thing is, at that point, like, Kanan is hiding the fact that he's a Jedi. And it's not until he meets Ezra that, like, he feels the fucking pull of the Force to return to his old ways and take a Padawan and shit, right? Like, so... That that's the reason I say no for Obi Wan is because Obi Wan isn't really plugged into the rebellion, like. But Hera kind of is now though. A well, little I mean, bit. He has an association, but yeah. I'm talking about plugged in. No, he's on tat. He went back to his condo on Tatooine, and I'm pretty sure it's you know still radio it's silence. All, it's all sand and talking shit about Tusken Raiders, right? 
like talking dubious shit, like the kind of shit your uncle would say at Thanksgiving dinner and be like, bro, how are we related? <laughs> That's some hateful ass shit you're saying. Everybody treats those Tuscan Raiders really badly on Tatooine. And uh, it's real weird now that they are going so Tuscan Raider heavy in the TV shows. And they're like, look at these guys. They're good guys. <laughs> yeah, they haven't shown them murdering people on the roads no, yet. <laughs> no, no, no. They haven't uh, barely even seen them fucking ride single. Mo- and yeah, we de- you know what you definitely don't see those Tuscan Raiders do is fucking kidnapping a farmer's wife <laughs> you know they they came across boba fett out on the sands of tatooine and fucking <laughs> they like took him but like that's like yeah it's like if you go if you're he walking around them, he made them good i guess yeah the well whole, you, the whole planet's worth of you, <laughs> Tuscan Raiders. it's like you're walking around you see a 20 dollar bill on the ground you go and pick that shit up you know what i mean like boba fett is the fucking he is the $20 bill in this situation. Hell yeah. If I was walking around the desert and Boba Fett was lying there, I was like, yeah, you're coming home with me, dog. <laughs> I don't think I would tie him up next to my campfire and fucking harass him with my dog. But you know. I'd give him food and water. Yeah, I'd give him food and water and fucking be like, yo, let's go find your armor, my dude. Let's be friends. Let's hang out. All right. Next up, we've got a email from Allison. Hello. <clears throat> While watching Obi-Wan Kenobi, the cinet- cinematography took my breath away every episode. Deborah Chow and the cin- cinematographer Chun Hoon Chung created some beautiful visuals that are now some of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars. But my absolute favorite shot from the finale was when Vader lands on the planet to confront Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is standing and waiting for Vader with the rock formation behind him and Vader has just desolate flat land. It only lasts for a few seconds, but the symbolism of Obi-Wan having the strength of the light side and everyone that he cares about behind him, where Vader has nothing but the lonely isolation of the dark side, was just too powerful to me. Do you have any favorite visual moments from Star Wars? Hope you're both having a great day, Allison. Man. Those are some astute observations that's allison real fucking slick is one what that I, said. I did not even think about that i enjoyed just on the surface until you brought it up and now i see even more the strength of it but you're right the cinematography in kenobi is absolutely incredible uh one of my favorite parts was in the dune sea not the dune sea but uh the little mineral mining operation where he's trying to run away from vader when he Mapuzo. first sees in Mapuzo. He's in like these little hills mm-hmm. and the light coming off the sabers is really intense. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's the fire, like Vader sparks, mm-hmm. whatever that stuff is into, into fire. Uh, and then the fire Vader Kenobi, like the fire with connection to Mustafar cinematically. That was really good. Done really well. In my opinion, uh, Deborah Chow, like the spaceship, the placement of the windows and shaking around and getting hit mm-hmm. that was real effective that was good cinematography too you yeah. felt you felt the oppression of being chased with all those light with those strikes coming in yeah and like open windows deborah chow man that is a lady who i hope like you know how they are super tight with fucking john favreau and him and filoni are like you know hanging out, trying on different hats and jerking each other off in their free time when they're not making badass Star Wars TV. Like, I hope Deborah Chow is is the next one that they really like. 
saddle up to. Obviously, they did a bit, in a big right. way with Obi Wan, but right. I, I, what I hope is that they continue that relationship uh, as long as the they possibly of, can, because like in the words of Kylo Ren, more, yeah, more. Like, she is a asset to Star Wars, and the more Star Wars we can get with her involvement, I think. Uh, just the better it will be for Star Wars and like we will have you know real kick-ass stuff to look forward to so that's my ultimate hope with that as far as some of my favorite visual moments there's a few um, I always like the visual moment in A New Hope where you see like the giant gas giant of Yavin while the Death Star is coming up to um uh, fire on it like towards the end there I like a lot of Empire visually like just the way that the carbon freezing chamber has like the orange lighting and if you look the background is just blue like there's not a lot of detail in the background in the beginning part of that duel um, I think that's <coughs> real fucking cool um, the shot of Luke standing in front of Darth Vader's fire, like when he's burning Darth Vader's armor at the end of Jedi, I think is real fucking good. Um, I mean, come on. The double lightsaber reveal in The Phantom Menace, that yeah. is real good visually. Real good. Um, I don't know. I have a lot that I like. There's a whole lot that I like, but I'm with Allison where uh, Obi-Wan is going to definitely occupy a lot of those shots because I thought there was some real cool beautiful creative stuff done in that series for sure for sure alright we got one more email and we'll call it a night this is from Sam howdy Halls and Will I hope you guys had a great week off and you're enjoying the summer most of all I hope you had some great sushi and are having a great in person show this man's this is Bruh, is he in, is he looking through our window? Who's the Nostradamus? No, nah, I probably saw it on Twitter or Instagram. <clears throat> oh, 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 oh. This week, I finally finished Shadow of the Sith, and damn, fellas, that's a solid piece of Star Wars media. I couldn't recommend it more to you. Anyway, I was wondering this week if you guys thought they'd ever use Galaxy's Edge as a filming location. I honestly thought that we'd see some of the characters or locations in the sequel trilogy. I'd love to see Hondo, Hondo or Doc Ondor in Mandalorian, but what medium would you want to see a live-action story in Batuu take place in? Would it be something in the past like the Acolyte or Andor, or would you be, would it be a more modern story like Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett Season 2? I love that Sam is keeping the fucking flame of Book of Boba Fett Season 2 alive. <clears throat> that would uh, be one of my favorites. Anyways, thanks for the awesome show, and I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks, Sam. Um... I'm honestly surprised that we haven't seen Batu in a show yet. Yeah. So, I I honestly do wonder if it's more likely that we see Batu in a show, or like, and it's not filmed at Galaxy's Edge, the actual Galaxy's Edge, or if we see them actually use Galaxy's Edge in some way. Well, I'm curious as to how much that planet plays into the experience of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge hotel. Yeah. Because it's like a it's like a deep deep immersive kind of thing. Yeah, you know Sal and his family went and they said it was like you're you're basically 
in person playing a Star Wars video game. You're a character in a Star Wars video game. They seem to really enjoy it. It's something I'm... I, I, people have been dunking on it a little bit, I'm not going to lie. I do think the price is a little ridiculous. Uh, you know, a couple of things I've seen from the experience that are totally optional. It's not like they fucking force you to participate. But I have seen a couple moments that might seem a little on the cornier side. But other than that, I think it's pretty fucking cool. Like, I bet you we see the Halcyon. I bet you we see that ship in Star Wars sometime. Because it's just cool. to be a fucking CG model. Like, right. like, you know what I mean? Like, you could even see that in some big Rise of Skywalker final battle where there's a ton of different ships. And uh-huh. some dude on Twitter named Admiral Nick is, like, <laughs> showing diagrams of all the different ships. And he's like, and by the way, that's the Halcyon, the really fucking expensive Star Wars hotel. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think we'll see Batu eventually. I just don't know if they would film in Disney World or Disneyland for that. You know, like... I don't think you'd want to shut down the park. Exactly. And its and ability to make money. Maybe you could do it after after hours, like if you're shooting a night scene of some sort, but... What they do do is they run their live-action actors from their shows mm-hmm. through there for promotional stuff. Yeah. That, you know, all the time when you're watching Disney Channel, you see the actors from Bunked or... Like sitting in front of the Millennium Falcon. They're like, hey, like, we're here at the Millennium Falcon. Dude. Yeah. You know, choo-choo! Disney choo-choo! World. Yep. Yep. They got their ears on and it's a big promotional thing. Come to Disney World. Yep. Uh, that, uh, you know, without having ever been to the park, it's difficult for me to say if it seems like it would function well as a movie set or a show set because... You know, it's built in a way that's supposed to allow the, you know, the maximum amount of people comfortably in this land. So, you know, that's the priority and the design of it, right? Not necessarily looking good for a movie shoot or something. So, I don't know. I will tell you, just in my mind, it would be good for a movie shoot, except for the ground. The the vast amount of concrete like yeah. theme park concrete yeah you know the walls look fine like that right. would be but fine the, when too. you and look you could, down at your feet you're you, like oh that's this fucking. is a theme park you know. yeah that's what i'm saying like it was built as a theme park right and it's like from everything i've seen and stuff i'm dying to go it looks like it's pretty fucking immersive but at the end of the day it's a theme park not a movie set and it's also like a city block corner Right. It's good for one shot, two right. shots. Right. That's it. So, you know, if they yeah. did film there, like you're talking. Yeah, and then you would have to have like, film. You if know. you're going to be outside of the Black Spire outpost, then you got to go somewhere else and film there anyway. Yeah. Like I bet you they just fucking volume that up and be like, yeah, it's the Black Spire outpost way back in the exactly. day. Exactly. During exactly. Alkalite. Yep. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I think that does it for us this week. Oh, man. I'm so stoked we got to record in so person. This has been so much damn fun. It has. It's been a while. It's been That's a while. Um, so, guys, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, please. Please. Would you please do that for us? I know a lot of you have already, and we appreciate it, but you know. Yeah, a special thanks to anyone that's left us a review. It helps other people that like Star Wars Podcast find our Star Wars Podcast, uh, and it helps grow our community. And uh, also a special, special thank you to all of our Patreon patrons out there. We really appreciate what you do. Fuck yeah. Thank you for tuning in to listen to our content. There's a lot of content out there these days. And the fact that you choose to listen to our extra content and be a 
part of producing our show. We really appreciate you and what you do. Uh, so thank you. Uh, as a teaser, I'm a I'm gonna be bugging Will for a cooking with Will sometime in the next couple of weeks. So hey I know. hey, hey. Yeah. got D and D cookbook recipes Fucking to sling out of there. Cook uh, Will uh, cooking with Will is like we're about to go dark ages. There are some passionate fans of cooking with Will, so I know you guys will be excited to hear that. Uh, if you enjoy our theme song, be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, at, on Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And if you like video games, check me and our buddy Steve out on the High Potion Podcast. I was telling you today, two of the most qualified men that I know to talk about the topic <clears throat> gathered there. So, you know, I'm expecting this one to go to the moon. <clears throat> to the moon, he Somebody says. from Kotaku is going to pick it up and we're going to go straight to the moon. To the moon, he says. We'll see. Um, anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week when we won't be in person, but it'll be the same at the same bat time, same bat. Cha- I don't know, man. We'll be we'll do another one next week, and hopefully there's some news. We'll see you guys <laughs> then. Until then, may the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.